Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Gals Getting Rich podcast. I am your host, Maeve. And I'm your other host, Vatsa. And today we have a pretty fairly juicy topic. We are going to be talking about all about our big money mistakes. These are just things that in the past, before Vatsa and I were good financial girlies, we were a bit bashful a bit meek, you might say. We were novices to the financial world. And these are mistakes we've made along the way. And, you know, we're going to be vulnerable. We're going to share them. And it's honesty hour. And honestly, I feel like some of this stuff I'm still learning. But before we get into it, I think this kind of came up because we saw a stat that stated 34% of social media influencers have felt negatively about their finances after seeing posts from others. And one thing that I felt after this was like, look, like I don't want to contribute to this. I've done a lot of dumb things. So here are five stupid things that Maeve and myself have done with our money. I'll go first. So <laughs> I bought a $70 bubble waffle maker, like, you know, like the Asian bubble waffles. I know a lot of money at the time right now it doesn't seem like that much but at the time it was a lot because I was just in school it was a random purchase and I had the genius idea that I would start a bubble waffle business this was like sophomore year of college I was like oh yeah I'll like crank them out didn't really think anything through they were really good I ended up making them for my family I think I used it a total of four times and now it is just sitting in my parents basement my mom keeps hounding me and says, why don't you take this thing to New York? And I was like, frankly, I'm not going to use it in New York. But from this, I learned to be a little bit more intentional with my spending. While I am still the person to have a bunch of ideas, I need to learn to commit and hold myself accountable for certain projects, whether that's buying like a fun camera or just like the random stuff that I buy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like almost like setting a goal a week and pushing myself to like, hey, if I'm going to buy this, I'm actually going to do this. So the bubble waffle maker is just a example of many things I buy with good intentions and then don't follow through. I mentioned the camera and I even have supplies for it, but I do need to stop making excuses for myself and actually sit down and learn how to do it. Like watch the YouTube videos and just dedicate time to it. These RC projects give me a lot of life and, you know, people ask me like, oh, what are your hobbies? And I'm like, honestly, finance, Instagram and podcast. But there are so many things that I personally want to learn outside of that and so I think just like taking that time pushing myself not making excuses especially if I'm putting dollar values to things it's, it's almost like I should use that as a motivator I was just gonna say I didn't know what a bubble waffle was so I had to look it up it, it's like the Asian one cute yeah and and who knows maybe I would have become so rich from my bubble waffle company had I actually spent the time and started selling them like I literally could have sold them on high street I know. I kind of want you to bring that out, and I think it'd be fun to make them. Uh, let's do it. Come over <laughs> to my house when I'm in Columbus soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what you're saying reminded me of when we bought our microphones for our podcast. And at first, I was like, "Is this a project that we're going to like get really excited about and then forget Dude. about?" day <laughs> it took me a couple weeks in to be like all right I'm gonna bite the bullet and buy it before I was just being ratchet about it <laughs> yeah I bought it I bought mine in like February it was like before I visited you in yeah New you York. had it in New York and we used yeah. it yeah which that was kind of commitment as since I bought it I'm like well now I have to start a podcast I have no other option 
And actually, my first financial mistake goes right along with you. Mine is trying to flip items for profits without doing any research. So just like Vatsa, I have purchased things in the hopes of making it big and hitting gold, striking gold and feeling like I can quit my job because I can just flip items on the side. Well, I've had a couple flops and I think my big problem is I just don't do much research. So what I'm thinking about is, you know how film cameras are super in right now? Yes. I So I bought a film camera and I need some, that's one of the things I need to learn how to use. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, was it one we saw in uh, B&H Photo? No, it was a different one. I will send you a picture. There's a cool photo store, camera store, audio store in New York. I'm obsessed with it. I could easily go in there and try to buy every single thing if I could. Like someone literally has to stop me. It's so cool. And they have a little trolley system in the ceiling where they send your products all across the store to register for you. It's so cute. But anyway, I digress. I was on this website. It's actually a startup in Cincinnati called Everything But The House. And they basically, it's like an estate sale online where they auction off items from, you know, people downsizing or selling off their parents' stuff, whatever. And there were three like vintage film cameras being sold. And I think, I don't know what the starting bid was, but I was like, oh, I should just get those and then flip them and sell them because, you know, I can make a lot of money. They're really trendy right now. And I think I paid like $40 for three of them. Well, to my delight, I get them and only one of them could work. So that was kind of a bust and I ended up donating them. And then another thing I tried to flip were these two Gucci purses. And actually, I did make a profit. I made $10 profit. So not that great. And I should have done research and realized that they weren't in great condition. And I do Poshmark. And so I feel like I should know this stuff. But I don't know. I've learned my lesson. And flipping items for profit takes a lot of work. And you need to understand the market for what you're trying to sell. And, you know, it's not for everyone. I just Googled Blue Ash. Oh, everything but the house, and it's in Blue Ash, Ohio. And I was going to ask you, do you know if they ship or do you have to go in person? Yeah, they ship. So you can pick up in person, and it's, like, free, obviously, like, no shipping. You can literally buy cars from these people. Wait, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's ebth.com. It's really cool. Oh, they even have a Columbus one. Oh, my God. Yeah, this one in Columbus. I've gotten other stuff from there before, like artwork, and I really like it. And they have new stuff every day. It's pretty fun. Not everything's in working condition from there. That's what I learned. What's your next financial mistake, Vatsa? Oh my god, this one is so bad. So in college, sophomore year, I commuted, which meant I had to buy a parking pass. And if anybody who went to Ohio State, you guys know the infamous Campus Park. I thought I could scheme them. They're kind of evil, but uh, they are sharks. Like Campus Park are literally sharks, and they will always catch you if you park in the wrong spot or if you're in the right spot, but at the wrong time. And sophomore year, like I said, I, I kind of commuted in. Um, so I just lived a little bit farther in, just drove in because I was a little bit farther away from campus. And I parked in the A parking, which is like the higher tier parking. I think that semester I had C parking, which is like plebe parking. But I was like, oh, I'll park in the A parking. Nobody will notice. Uh, it was just for a couple hours for a club meeting. So it wasn't like I was there like during normal hours. And I thought that they might not actually check. And then, of course, they checked and ticketed me. And then I thought I was so smart that 
the next time I was like, oh, let me save this parking ticket, put it on my dash and place it because then next time it'll fool them. And I'm like, okay, the parking wardens were not fooled. Instead, I ended up with double the tickets instead. And to make matters worse, I didn't learn my lesson because at the Columbus office, you have to pay to park. I mean, you don't go to the office every day in for, for this consulting office. So it wasn't a big deal. But and again, it was like $5 to park for the day. Okay. And here I am like, oh, you know what, I'm just gonna leave it. But actually that day, I think I genuinely did forget because I do remember it being like one or two o'clock in the day. And I'm like, wait, I should pay this from the app on my phone. But then when I went out at the end of the day, like five, six o'clock to go check my car and like go home, I had a ticket there. But that one actually I was able to dispute and I didn't have to pay it because at some point in the day I did pay it and I was like, hey, like this must have not gone through. Wi-Fi made up some excuse and they let me off maybe first time. So moral of the story <laughs> is I love to break rules and but unfortunately certain rules by following them you will end up saving money. So park in the right place, fill your meters. I think that's way worth it than having to pay for a ticket. Wait, I have something that goes along with this where I was trying to outsmart the system. But in college, I needed, um, I studied physics in college and I had to take so many lab classes, but they're only offered one semester out of the year. And if you didn't get in, you didn't get in and you needed these three labs taken consecutively in order to graduate. And I was trying to schedule for my second lab, but it filled up and I only had two semesters left of college. So like if I didn't get in, I'd have to take another semester. So I went around and asked every single person in the waiting list or in that class already. And I told all of them, I will pay you $500 to drop out right now. And some guy ended up just giving me his spot. But to me, paying $500 for someone to give up their spot in a class was way cheaper than paying for another semester of college. I feel like you have to just work the system sometimes. I don't know if it's legal, but I was literally like about to tell my dad I have to do another semester of college because I couldn't get into my lab. Yeah, no, that's tough. Definitely scheduling your classes so you can fit everything is huge. Yeah, I can't believe you left an old ticket on your windshield. Dude, I thought I was a genius and I was not a genius. (laughs) So my next financial mistake is not opening up a Roth IRA earlier. So I already knew and I had already heard so many times that Roth IRAs were like super cool a great investment vehicle and everyone should have one. But I I was a bit too precious and I wanted to do research on every single Roth IRA out there and figure out who I wanted to open up my Roth IRA with. And I only opened up my Roth IRA in May of 2020 and I got my full-time job in August 2019. So it had been a decent while until I opened up my Roth IRA. And I think Part of my holdup was that I wanted a robo-advisor. I wasn't looking to open up with like E-Trade or Fidelity, Schwab or Vanguard. I don't know. I wanted a robo-advisor. And I mean, Vata, you remember this. I was like looking them up every single day trying to figure out which one was better. Yeah, I think you and I actually opened one out. Up, uh, yeah, you and I opened one at the same time around the same time. Yeah, I might have followed you. Yeah, <laughs> we were between Elevest and Betterman, I think. I think I ended up going with well, not I think I know I ended up going with Charles Schwab at the time, and oh. then later I got a Wealthfront account just for as a brokerage and intelligent brokerage. 
I've been playing around with the intelligent portfolios a little bit and I kind of like them. It just makes life a, l- a little bit easier. It is sometimes a question of, oh, are you getting the max returns? But I'm not really paying much in fees, so I don't mind. Yeah, that's why I am with Betterment, where I feel like I don't need to do a single thing, so it's kind of nice. Um, and I would totally recommend a robo-advisor to anyone who's just getting started with investing. I think they're awesome. I spend so much time figuring out the best Roth IRA, where I should have just found a good one and gone with it, because I wasted a lot of good times of growth. And I think if you're thinking about opening up an investing account, but you're just a little unsure who to open with, I think the best brokerages out there are the main three guys, Fidelity, Charles Schwab, and Vanguard. So lesson learned. Okay, what's your next one? So I have definitely fallen for meme stocks or the quick win stocks like Nikola and lost uh, a decent amount of money. I wouldn't say a lot, a lot, but like enough to be like, oh yeah, that's substantial. I am, but I mean, that just goes to say like, look, I am not the most perfect investor at all. I think now I pick more ETFs and way and I'm way more wary of quick buck stocks that I used, I, you know, I even used to follow a guy on Twitter. I think the account was like Zach Morris and I thought it could literally make me rich. Like I was convinced and I don't think any of his calls have worked out for me. So lesson learned there while it's tempting, don't fall for it. You're better off going by the book. But I will say too, like I do invest in individual stocks as well. It's just things that I have done a little bit more research on. I know you kind of did this a similar thing. Maybe we both kind of were in the same boat. Yes, that's my next financial mistake was buying into the hype of meme stocks. I do have a couple blue chip stocks in my Robinhood account. So which if you don't know what a blue chip stock is, it's stock in a huge company with a very solid reputation where you know it's going to be reliable and it's not going to just tank out of nowhere. I think a good blue chip stock is Apple. Apple is a great stock and it's not going anywhere. But I bought Wish, which is like the online e-commerce platform that you get ads for on Facebook. And I bought stock in Corsair. And at this time, this is during the GameStop craze. I went on Wall Street Bets, the subreddit, and they were talking about these two stocks. And I had always played it safe in my portfolio, and I kind of wanted some excitement. So I put, I only put $150 in to the two of those stocks. I think 50 into one of them, 100 in the other. And I lost the majority of my money right after I bought them. So I just sold them. I took a loss, but I realized I shouldn't be investing based upon what a stranger is posting on the internet. Just like you're saying about Zach Morris. I thought Wall Street Bets was the profit, you know? Oh, I went to Halloween dressed as Wall Street Bets and the declining stock market with our, our good friend. That's right. I forgot you did that. I know my um, Halloween outfit this next year. What is it going to be? Um, The witching hour. It's that time during football on Sundays where wins become losses and losses become wins. It's just like... Ooh. The fourth quarter of a lot of games. I'm excited to see that. I think I want to get a pig onesie and go as a piggy bank. Like, tape a bunch of coins to oh, myself. That's cute. We'll see. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, I should do something financial, too. But anyway, yeah, Wall Street Bats, man. They're not that great. Killers. You know who else is a killer? Who? Forgetting to turn on auto auto pay for your bills and your credit card statements. So... My next one was always remember to turn on auto pay and check that you have auto pay turned on. I thought I did, but 
clearly recently I messed up and I had to pay a late fee. And I even tried to argue it and I did not win. So I did have to spend a little bit of money there. And then I, I think too, that happened because I opened a new credit card before I was used to just running with my main credit card. And then, you know, of course everything else, but I added the Delta Amex Platinum uh, Sky Miles into the mix. And I think that first couple months of using it kind of threw me off with how I've automated my whole system. I still need to automate credit card payments. So I'm I'm actively making a mistake right now as we speak. I mean, if you're good about it and never miss a payment, you're doing what's best for you. Personally, I I like the whole automated, don't have to think about it approach. And then, of course, I didn't think about it. And then this happened. So just don't be like me. <laughs> my next mistake is I used to think that contributing to my 401k was locking up my money until retirement. Now... I already said, like, when I first started my job, I had no, like, concept for what was saving a lot, what wasn't, and I just kind of picked an arbitrary amount to contribute to my 401k, and I was really scared at the time to contribute too much, and then for me to not have enough money to pay all my bills, because at the time, I was really thinking, whatever I contribute to my 401k, I won't be able to access until I'm age 59 and a half, but what I've learned since then is that there's something called the Roth conversion ladder. And it's where you can convert money from your 401k to your Roth IRA. You'll pay taxes during that conversion, but then you let that money sit in your Roth IRA for five years. And after the five years, you are allowed to withdraw it. So then as long as you are predicting your expenses five years in advance, you can retire early and be drawing down from your 401k before you're 59 and a half. This is like a little loophole. The government isn't like advertising this, but a lot of people do this who retire early. And I don't know if I'm trying to retire early. Well, I know I am, but I don't know when. Like I have, I'm really just trying to get started. I don't know where I'm trying to go, but I take a lot of solace in knowing that when I contribute money to my 401k, I will be able to access it before I turn 59 and a half. That's awesome. Mine next one is... So my next one is a little bit similar. It is keeping the majority of my cash in my savings. I realized I was hoarding cash and it was losing value, especially with all this inflation conversation that's been coming up a lot recently. And I think in my savings, after some time, I kind of realized like, okay, I'm going to keep my emergency fund and then some in my savings, in my high yield savings account. But instead of having most of my cash just go straight there, I try to make sure I'm adding to my Roth IRA until I max it out, which I think I'm close to this year. Series I bond, which you buy through the treasury department, so treasury.gov. And I also try to make sure that I'm consistently adding cash to my brokerage, whether the market's up or down. The key is consistency. And I think I've definitely learned that the hard way. And I don't know. I just look at my savings and I'm like, okay, like this is good. It feels good. But it's also included in my net worth if it's in a brokerage account. So if I don't need this money and I know I'm not going to use this money, the best place to put it is in some sort of vehicle that it's going to earn more on. And I think realizing that is hard. Like I think I always have like a scarcity mindset, but I really think I'm trying to pivot into more of an abundance mindset. And I think it's hard, hard to do, but it'll happen. No, that's really hard. I think a lot of people, when they have their emergency fund, they like to have a little bit extra on top of it because they kind of have that scarcity mindset like, oh, what if this happens or 
they have like an emergency fund for their emergency fund. Um, and it's really hard. I think I still am victim to that too. Maybe you want to kick us off on that, that last mistake. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, this mistake, I was pretty bad about it before and I still kind of do it to this day and it is not sticking to a budget. I, I don't know why budgets kind of, I guess they give me the sense of scarcity, not abundance, just like you were saying. Yeah. And I haven't ever like outlined a rigid budget for myself. I'm more like laissez-faire when it comes to my finances on a month-to-month basis. But, but this is a mistake. When I first started my job, I would be spending a bit willy-nilly. I was always responsible, but I had no concept of what was a lot of money and what was not a lot of money. Like I was brand new to this whole adulting thing and I had money before, like, you know, working retail during college and such. But so I knew like, oh, $100 is a lot of money. But in the adult world, $100 doesn't pay your rent. Right. (laughs) Like I had, I literally had no concept. Yeah. Don't ask 2019 me what a good budget looks like because she really had no idea. And I think in my defense, I was just getting started with my like adult life. Like I didn't have a work wardrobe. I was just moving into my first adult apartment. You know, I had a lot of extraneous expenses during that time, which I think I should give myself grace for. Like, you know, those aren't bad expenses. And a lot of things I bought during that period, I still have today. It took me until like after Christmas of 2019 to finally start looking at my paychecks to try to get a sense of like, okay, how much money am I actually making? Like I didn't even check how much money was going to my savings account. I was just like working. I think I could have hit the ground running had I been a bit more keen to just understand like, hey, I have extra money at the end of the month. I should probably invest this. But I didn't. It's okay. Sometimes it do be like that. Yeah. And for the record, still to this day, I don't really, I don't track my expenses rigorously. Like I don't track each little expense every month. I do track how much I invest every month and I know how much is coming in. So I know my overall like expenses number. And obviously I know how much I spend on rent and other predictable living expenses, but I don't know why I just like, I don't like going through my credit card statements that much. Yeah, I think I am kind of the same way in the sense my budget is very loose and sometimes I will break it, but then I'll try to make up for it in in another way. But I agree. I think budgets can feel constricting, especially if things come up and then you you just kind of want to give up. So definitely like figuring out what works for you. I think the the biggest thing is just tracking your your spending, which also kind of sucks, but I will say the more often you do it, the less scary it becomes. And you just kind of like, you're you're reviewing it. Like, you know, the amount of times growing up, I would always watch my mom do it. And then she'd be like, where did, what's this? Where did we go? And immediately she's like, oh my God, is this scam? And I'm like, no, mom, we like literally went and bought a pretzel from some random kiosk. And that is what the kiosk shows up as on your credit card. (laughs) I had a random expense show up that I still to this day have no idea what it was. I feel like it had to have been... It was something like food in the short north, and I don't know what I bought. Yeah, and you were probably potting, so you're like, oh, I don't know what I ate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's still really good to check your credit card statements and make sure that you don't have scam. So I think it's smart to check your credit card statement. 
I get notifications every time I swipe my credit card. So that's how I feel like I'm on top of my finances. <laughs> we love that. I, I, do, I get that too, actually. And, and that actually, I think it's like, oh, yeah, this is what I spent my money on. Yeah. All right, guys, with that, we hope you enjoyed. We hope this was relatable. But these were our money mistakes. And now after money mistakes, you want to go into money moves? Maeve, what's your money move of the week? Yes. So actually, this weekend, I have a wedding coming up. And I think we're getting to that age where we have a lot of weddings and it's expensive having a dress for each of these weddings. So I have a subscription to Fashion Pass where I can rent dresses for events and then return them, rent something else, and so on and so on. And I am renting my dress for this wedding. Ooh. Yeah, and at the end of it, I don't even have to dry clean it. I just ship it back and it's done. And it's kind of nice because then, first of all, I'm not spending the full price on the dress. Like, I'm still spending a little bit of money. But then I don't have the responsibility of keeping it or storing it or donating it, reselling it. You know, it's just out of my life. That's my money move. What's yours? (laughs) Mine is I'm going to Miami this weekend. I'm doing a little bit of work from Miami instead of work from home. So Oh, you are? Yeah, I'm gonna work from there Thursday and then half of Friday so I'm excited it'll be a good change poolside working we got an Airbnb and it has a pool and like a sauna and hot tub and everything so I'm like let's go that's so fun (laughs) yeah I think and we're oh we're going to go see the weekend so I'm going to go see Abel we love Abel if he Um, sings save your tears for another day I will be so jealous for the rest of my life I hope he does. I will literally start crying. <laughs> if he brought on Ariana to sing that song, I would I would never forgive you. Doja Cat was supposed to be the opener, but I think she has some surgery, so she can't do it, which is unfortunate. That would have been epic. I would have passed out. Dude, same. But with that, thank you for listening, and we hope to see you again on our next episode. I can't believe we're so close to being done with season one. I know. Four more episodes. Three after this one. Yeah. Oh my gosh, three more episodes. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. And follow us on Instagram. And all of our information is in the description below. Thank you. Bye, guys. See you later.